Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber-only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview, and I hope we see you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, where you can hear the rest. Lacking a cultural tradition and rejecting identification with the Negro masses on the one hand and suffering from the contempt of the white world on the other, the black bourgeoisie has developed a deep-seated inferiority complex. In order to compensate for this feeling of inferiority, the black bourgeoisie has created in its isolation what might be described as a world of make-believe in which it attempts to dis- escape the disdain of whites and fulfill its wish for status in American life. And I think we're especially seeing this online. Like this online is the perfect place escaping from reality. People with Wakanda all over their social media profiles, people with K-pop avatars, people catfishing, pretending to be other people, people using other people's pictures, people flossing a life they don't have online. I mean, this book is pre-internet. And if the internet's a force magnifier, think of everything this book is saying, just magnified by force. And I think that's the poison these people are trying to redistribute. They've got more poison than ever. And the internet's ampl- The internet is a trick solution because the internet's creating the problem. The internet's force magnifying that poison of alienation that you already have, but the internet's also offering you a pseudo solution, which is, you know, we'll help you redistribute this poison. You know what I mean? So let me, let me continue from the book. Society, here we go, actually. And this kind of, this kind of um, applies to magazines like The Root and Essence and Ebony and stuff. One of the most striking indications of the unreality of the social world which the black bourgeoisie created is its faith in the importance of Negro business. That is, the business enterprises owned by Negroes and catering to Negro customers. Although these enterprises have little significance either from the standpoint of the American economy or the economic life of the Negro, a social myth has been created that they provide a solution to the Negro's economic problems. Faith in this social myth and others is perpetuated by the Negro newspapers, which today I guess would be. Um, the fake Black-owned websites that aren't really uh, Black-owned even. Like, at least back in the day of this book, they were actually Black-owned. Now they're just Black-fronted, but um, White-owned. Faith in this social myth and others is perpetuated by the Negro newspapers, which which represent the largest and most successful business enterprises established by Negroes. Moreover, the Negro newspapers help to create and maintain the world of make-believe in which Negroes can realize their desires for recognition and status in a white world that regards them with contempt and amusement. Much of the news featured in the Negro newspapers is concerned with the activities of the members of Negro society or attempts to make socialites out of the most Negroes whose activities are considered newsworthy. Society, in scare quotes, 
is a phase of the world of make-believe, which represents in an acute form the Negro's long preoccupation with quote-unquote social life as an escape from his subordinate status in America. Since the world of make-believe cannot insulate the black bourgeoisie completely from the world of reality, the members of this class exhibit considerable confusion and conflict in their personalities. Their emotional and mental conflicts arise partly from their constant striving for status within the Negro world, as well as in the estimation of whites. Moreover, they have accepted unconditionally the values of the white bourgeois world, its morals and its canons of respectability, its standards of beauty and consumption. In fact, they have tended to overemphasize the conformity to white ideals. And what's, in- what's interesting about that is this girl who was calling black men um, bullet bags and who had obsessive hatred with white girls who fetishized black men, right? And later on, when she was getting called out for calling them bullet bags, she was saying that she was actually sticking up for and defending black men. And people were like, are you fucking serious? Like, you, you were not. Like, why are you saying that? But this girl, her makeup, she had makeup on like a white girl. She looked light-skinned. And she had a blonde wig with bone-straight hair. Like, she was trying to look like a white girl. She, and someone pointed out to her even, like, you actually look like the white girl. You look like a tan version of the white girl you're criticizing. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's like what this passage says when it says, have they unconditionally accept the values of the white bourgeois world, its standards of beauty and consumption, and they have tended to overemphasize the conformity to white ideals. Like she's dissing white girls and their so-called fetishization of black men, but she fetishizes white men herself in her other tweets, and she has physically made herself look like a white girl. And some people think, oh, she must be jealous because she thinks the white girls are stealing the black men. Some people were saying that. And I'm just like, no, I don't think so. She wouldn't be calling them bullet bags. She wouldn't be saying the police aren't shooting you um, fast enough. Her and her friends wouldn't be calling them nignog, nignogs and niggers with a hard R and other stuff if these were men that they remotely found desirable. Like, what I think the real jealousy is, is they feel like they see more often. Like she's fetishizing white men and she turns around and sees white women fetishizing black men. And I think what a lot of these people, their real hangup is not that they want black men, that they're jealous that these white women are stealing black men. What they're jealous of is they want to be fetishized by white men the way they believe black men are fetishized by white women. And when they see the white women in their minds, fetishizing the black men, they get angry at the black men and the white women. And they get angry at the white women because their anger at the white women is because they're jealous of the white woman's place as the bottom bitch in the white man's stable. A bottom bitch is, in pimp terms, a bottom bitch is the woman that holds everything down, that when push comes to shove, is the pimp's like, top choice. It's called, in, in uh, black slang, a bottom bitch. And on Wikipedia, they have an entry, the bottom girl, and Wikipedia describes it as, a bottom girl, bottom woman, or bottom bitch is an American term for a prostitute who sits atop the hierarchy of prostitutes working for a particular pimp. A bottom girl is usually the prostitute who has been with the pimp the longest and consistently makes the most money. And the white woman to the white man is the bottom bitch. He's, she's the one that he has ridden for the longest, that has ridden for him the longest, even though to some degree that's changed with, you know, the 
feminism and stuff. But when push comes to shove, white people stick together, you know? But a lot of these types of black women want to be the new bottom bitch to, to the white man. And they get double mad at the white woman because they're like, not only are you the white man's bottom bitch, but you're fetishizing black men who we personally don't want either, but like, you're not satisfied. You have to take everything. And, and we're kind of mad at the white man because why don't you publicly, why don't you publicly fetishize us the same way? But because they're too enthralled, enthralled to the white man, they can't really tell him that. They can't really command him like that because they still want to be accepted by him. They still want to be brought into the fold. So in psychology, there's a term called displacement. Like displacement's like, hey, your boss chews you out, but it's the only job you can get. It's a good job. You're not going to yell at your boss, but you come home and you kick the dog. Like they can't express that rage at the white man to the white man because on one level, they probably can't even consciously fully access it because they're too enthralled of him and too want to be um, validated by him. But also they don't want to fuck it up. So they'd rather displace that onto the white woman, the black man on top of that. But then on top of that, they're also kind of like, have you ever seen like a girl who, you know, is in like high school or something and there's another girl getting the attention from the guy that she wants and she won't get mad at the guy for giving the girl the attention and ignoring her. She'll get mad at the other girl for showing up like, you know, fuck that new girl. Like, you know, even the new girl wasn't even trying to do anything. Like the, the new girl might've just showed up minding her own business. And the guy that she likes was paying her attention. The new girl that is. And you know, that girl will get pissed at the new girl, even though the new girl wasn't even trying, might not even like that guy. I think that's where a lot of this rage toward the black men is coming from. Like they see the attention that the black men are getting from white people in this case, like the white woman, but it's still a white person. And they want that attention from white society, being the black bourgeoisie and having that same dynamic that E. Franklin Frazier is talking about in this book. They displace, they get mad at that black man, even if it's, you know, most black men aren't even checking for that because most black men still marry uh, and date black women, like 88, something like 80 something percent of black men are married to black women. It's not like there's really this epidemic like that's being said that, you know, none of them are marrying black women. Like, like even the black men that aren't checking for these white women, they just have this kind of displaced anger toward them because they're imagining that they're being checked for by white people more than they themselves are being checked for by white people. Yeah, like this girl's page was talking about how she was had that joke that's very popular with um, Gen Z now, Gen Z black, black blavity types saying, Oh, I'm the white man's whore. Like she was on her page, she was putting pictures of white men and captioning them like, you know, oh, look at this hot guy. I'm the white man's whore and all this stuff. And anyway, back to the book, Black Bourgeoisie, it says, in fact, they have tended to overemphasize the conformity to white ideals. Nevertheless, they are rejected by the white world. And this rejection has created considerable self-hatred since it is attributed to their Negro characteristics. So what it's saying is they're rejected by the white world. This rejection by the white world has caused a lot of self-hatred because they blame their Negro characteristics for that rejection. And that includes their natural hair, which is why this girl has blonde hair, their skin color, which is why her face looks like she put some kind of lightning makeup on it and, and some contouring like Kardashians and all this stuff. Like 
but it not only causes like hatred of their themselves and their black features, but also like black people because they start thinking, you know, oh, it's my association with black people. It's that fucking black culture. It's black men. It's black everything. Everything black that I'm being associated with is keeping white people from accepting me. And that's why I think all these people are saying, calling other black people nignogs and calling them niggers with a hard R and calling them not like bullet bags and talking like white supremacists because it's like by insulting that, by talking about it like that, they're emphasizing their otherness from black people. And I think they think on some psychological level, that's another type of poison redistribution. Like if they can just, that type of nasty talk toward black people, if they're not actively spewing it at other black people, especially black people that maybe are darker or a different gender than them, which makes it you know even easier to spew it because it feels even less like self-hate. If they're not spewing that anti-blackness at other black people, it's going to be directed at themselves. Like it's probably 24-7 directed at themselves. They probably have a constant voice in the back of their head just berating themselves with that same term. And they need to constantly spew it at other black people. And they can't really constantly spew it at black women because then they're going to make black women look bad. And if they keep doing that and talk to black women that way, it's going to hurt the brand and it's going to hurt the chances of getting a white guy even more. But black men, it's, it's easier. I mean, this is all kind of complicated stuff. It's like 10 or 12 different things going on in someone's mind at the same time. That's what makes psychology so confusing and so contradictory is there's never, ever one thing. There's always three or four things going on at once. And a lot of times they can be contradictory, you know? So there's, like I said, there's multiple reasons why they're hating every group. But I mean, in general, the internet is just a poison redistribution system on a level that we've never seen. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.